thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your life. Welcome to Wellness Women Radio for the women with big dreams who dare to be different and who want to thrive in health, work and play. Dr. Ashley Bond and Dr. Andrea Huddleston bring you a weekly podcast to help you master true health and create an exceptional life. This episode of Wellness Women Radio is very proudly brought to you by Dinner Twist. Dr. Ashley and I want to let you in on a little secret of how we maintain our healthy whole foods lifestyle with very little time. And one of those ways is actually with Dinner Twist. So they plan, they shop, they deliver everything to our door to take all of the guesswork out of having really healthy meals for dinner each night. Um, I love Dinner Twist because they are a locally family-owned business here in Perth in Western Australia, and all of their produce is locally sourced and seasonal. So they are really invested in all of their suppliers as well, which is absolutely amazing. Everything is so fresh. Uh, Ashley and I both get the Wholesome Box, which is naturally gluten and dairy-free as well, and is very consistent with a paleo-type lifestyle as well. Uh, so it's, you know, completely consistent with, you know, the way that we want to eat and want to feed our loved ones too. This is also how I trick Dean into thinking that I can actually cook. So seriously, if I can do it, everybody can trust me. And their recipes are so delicious. They also have other options apart from the wholesome box. So they have a family box for bigger size families an express box. If you're really short on time, uh, as well as a vegan box too. Now, we would love to give you the opportunity for you to actually try Dinner Twist and realize how healthy, how delicious and how fresh it is, but also how much easier this is going to make life as well. So we have a special promo code for you, and that is going to give you $35 off your first box. And that is WWR for Wellness Women Radio. Um, So we would love you to uh, try for yourself. Don't take my word for it, but let me know what you think. Without further ado, ladies, onto the show. Hi there, lovely listeners. Thank you for tuning in to Wellness Women Radio. I'm Ashley. And I'm Andrea. And you can find us on social media. So we are The Wellness Women on Facebook. We are at The Wellness Women Official on Instagram. I am The Period Whisperer on Facebook and at Dr. Andrea XO, oh, at Dr. Andrea.XO on Instagram. And you can find Ash on Dr. Ashley Bond on everything. Hey, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Um, give us a five-star rating. Give us heaps of feedback. We love that. And also just let us know what you want to hear from us as well. Is there like a burning topic that comes to mind that you really, really want us to cover? We would love to know. Um, so don't forget to submit our questions, submit your questions on any of those social media platforms or you can email us as well. Awesome. Um, well, let's dive into this. I'm, I'm kind of, uh, I love diving into episodes where it's like everyone says this is a problem and it is energy. You know, if I said uh, every questionnaire I ask in the practice involves, you know, how would you rate your energy uh, at this point in time on a score of zero to 10 is unbelievable how many people uh, rate themselves, you know, somewhere from two to six. And you don't really think to live amazing and well, you'd require at least eight, nine or 10, wouldn't you think? Yeah, and I when I get patients to complete food diaries and things for me, there's columns in on that template of food diary that I give them where they have to rate their energy from on a scale of one to ten, and it's shocking how many people are, you know, rating it so so low because they feel like the Walking Dead all the time. I kind of feel like that a little bit tonight. I was like holding up like one finger before and after saying like, <laughs> you know, I'm like uh, I am smashed. But there's a reason why that is, and we'll talk about some of those reasons too. Yes. Because it's so typical. 
It is so typical and it's one of the leading reasons people visit their GP is the fact that they feel as though their energy is off. So, you know, before they have other symptoms, sometimes it's just simply saying, I just don't have any energy. What's wrong with me? Um, and that's one of the most common reasons for anyone, women and men, to present to the GP. So, I think this is a, a topic that is so, so relevant for today's women who are literally, you know, just spinning all the plates. And I don't know if you've seen those funny memes going around where, you know, you've got a woman with a baby under one. One arm, vacuum cleaner on the other. She's, you know, got a spoon in her mouth trying to feed the, the baby in the high chair while she's <laughs> And I'm just like, oh my gosh, that is so true, isn't it? Um, just spinning so many plates, trying to keep them all up in the air. But in doing so, we're absolutely um, depleting ourselves in so many different ways. And often, you know, realizing that you just can't keep spinning all the plates. Eventually, those plates come crashing down. And unfortunately, that's usually when we uh, realize that we've bottomed out and we, we need help. So let's talk about some strategies today about how we can maintain fantastic energy or how we can build up our energy. You know, if we're really feeling flat and low, mm-hmm. um, what are the most common causes for energy depletion and some of the things that you can do like right now, right today, tonight, wherever you are in the world to get yourself back on track and get out of that feeling of tiredness and um, bring that, that feeling of vibrance back. I swear that most women that I see these days, this is one of their number one complaints that they come in with is just how tired and exhausted they are. But also when you dig into their history, they all have, you know, three full-time jobs. You know, so many of them have got like bustling careers and really intense schedules and everything. They might have kids as well. So layer in another full-time job on top of that. Maybe they're, you know, a wife or a partner. So that's like, you know, for some people, another full-time job just because of the expectations that happen in the household and in relationships and those sorts of things. You know, we've only got so much to give. We've only got so much like energy reserves or reservoir before we, you know, are tapping into everything else that we shouldn't be using to really just get out of bed and get going in the mornings. And some of those things, you know, the classic symptoms of just the exhausted, really fatigued woman is like needing coffee as soon as she wakes up, like hitting snooze 15 times and then like crawling out of bed to start her day with coffee, which is just smashing her adrenals and then, you know, starting this whole cascade of everything else that that's going on. And one of the reasons I'm feeling the way I am today is because I had coffee way too early this morning. I had two coffees today. Um, so I've smashed my adrenals, had a really stressful afternoon in practice, and I've come home and literally I'm like... I feel like, you know, like The Walking Dead as well. I probably look like it right now too. I am shattered. <laughs> oh, we'll just blame the overhead lighting and the shadows on your face for the uh, the, the appearance of bags. Yeah, nah, not there at all. You look great. <laughs> I, like, could not even form sentences when I got home. Like, Dean's, like, looking at me, you know, he's been home for a couple of hours and now he's, like, wanting to socialise and wanting my input and I'm just, like, I'm just dead. I'm like, can you just feed me? Just feed me. <laughs> just give me food. I'll, I'll be a, a part of the family in a little while. Just, you know, give me a moment. <laughs> um, oh, well, you've nailed it, haven't you? Just yeah. so many things to do. And I know that um, the big one is most women, if it comes at the expense of how many hours a night they sleep, they will take out their sleep hours to get all the things done. If that means staying up to do the last minute jobs, or let's just say, if you were really, you know, there's other people, I know, for example, 
if I'm to finish off some of the things that I'm doing study-wise, it's going to require me to stay up after hours technically. You know, I say after mm-hmm. hours. Anything after 9 o'clock is after hours for me because that's my sleep time. My son wakes up at 5, 5.30 in the morning. So there we go. It's eight hours if I don't get to bed on time. Um, so if I want to finish off my studies, I really need, you know, an hour a night and that is going to cut into my sleep time. And guess what? I'm not finishing my studies yet because I just can't compromise. I know my world falls apart if I'm not getting enough sleep. So I think the one big thing I always talk to, you know, people saying, I'm just really all tired all the time. Are you having troubles going to sleep or staying asleep? Are you getting enough hours sleep a night? Meaning that you're getting seven or more hours sleep a night. You know, these are boxes that have to be ticked. Um, when you are asleep, are you waking frequently? Is there anything else that's coming up? Is your mind running? You know, are you getting up to go to the bathroom? Is there interruptions in your night, children, dogs, pets, whatever? You know, just trying to understand if there's any disruption to a natural sleep cycle, which is really when we recharge the batteries. So, you know, sleep's interrupted and disturbed, then clearly we're going to have some issues with our energy and our sense of fatigue. Yeah. And then as soon as we are sleep deprived as well, we know that it's affecting all sorts of metabolic pathways. I'm sure it's working. It's affecting neurotransmitters as well. Um, with the affecting metabolic pathways too, I'm sure that that would also be affecting, um, you know, the food choices we make, which is also the precursor to serotonin, which is our feel good having neurotransmitter. So what's the next thing that usually happens when people are sleep deprived? Usually then they have low mood. And then what kind of happens after that, Ash? Like it's classic symptoms, right? Yeah. I mean, you're talking like overeating, you know, sometimes undereating, yeah. snacking, filling up the voids, you know, in time and space by um, distractions. So often, you know, becoming totally. more more influenced or involved in technology, you know, fatigue, distraction, just mm-hmm. trying to, you know, numb the brain, so to speak. So you'll often find people who are actually quite tired um, are staying up at night on their phones or devices because it's almost like this brain numbing distraction um, when really they just need to be going to bed. <laughs> Yep, absolutely. And then, you know, kind of the end of that spectrum might be just if we're looking at things like moods, might be then the onset of depressive type symptoms. Or anxiety, um, you know, can swing both yeah. ways, right? Because anything that triggers off that change in um, brain chemistry can obviously facilitate a change in your experience of the world. And, you know, sympathetic drive coming that anxious, you know, anxious response, you can be wired and tired. You know, you can have this experience of being wired and tired, which is, you know, you feel really pepped up, alert, quite anxious, quite, you know, agitated, but really you're completely exhausted. And, you know, it's so common. We see women who are wired and tired. So if that sounds like you listening there, little lady, then I would suggest that, uh, (laughs) you know, we're talking to you today because it is really, really common for busy mums today or busy women juggling a lot of things to actually be wired and tired, super functional, doing heaps and heaps of stuff. But when they actually sit down and stop, it's like, you know, the weight of the world yeah. comes on and it's just like, oh, my gosh, I can't get out of this chair right now. Um, so, mm-hmm. you know, I think that's pretty pretty common trait. I know I fall into the category probably more often than the, the fatigue and um, I, I'm, I'm a – my prone – towards wide and tired is clear. <laughs> I recognise yeah. it many, many times in my life over the different things I've done. You know, you recognise it times in life when you're really pushing all the boundaries. It might be times when you're studying or times when, like you said, juggling kids, husbands, dogs, pets, everything, um, and you recognise this in those certain windows where really you're just running on adrenals. You know, you're running on that cortisol rush all the time and all you're doing is seeking that cortisol high, you know, more things to keep you busy and keep you agitated essentially. <laughs> and, you know, it's just like um, snapping at everyone. <laughs> Ash, when you notice that you're in that state, do you find that if you were to sit down and slow down, say you were to sit down and watch a movie, that you'd be asleep 10 minutes in? Yeah, never, or... never get to the end. No, 
completely. Yeah. I even tried that spoon yeah. test. Have you ever tried that before? Oh, um, when you lie down yeah, the spoon yeah, and then it whacks tell you back. They're like, oh, you know, and I thought, yeah. ah, there's, I, I knew straight away I was sleep deprived, full stop. Um, so, ladies, if you haven't heard it before, it's um, a spoon, they, they call it a spoon test for sleep deprivation. Um, they, it came out, the American Academy of Sleep Medicine came out with something along these lines, but, you know, how accurate it is, we haven't seen a whole lot of studies on it, but, you know, just for curiosity, I tried it. I thought, this is, let's just see. Um, and essentially what they suggest you do is that they think one out of three people is significantly sleep affected. So that's, you know, quite a lot of people around the world. So to figure out whether you really, you know, really are exhausted or fatigued, then it's called the sleep onset latency test. And, um, yeah, University of Chicago, Dr. Dan, no, Nathaniel Kleitman is his name. There you go. Father of sleep research. So he sounds pretty, pretty important. Um, so mm-hmm. I thought that, you know, it was worth trying. And yeah, there's no doubt. I, totally failed this. So I'm blowing the punchline, but what you need to do ladies, if you want to find out for yourself, um, find a comfortable place to sit. It's the daytime test. So, you know, this is not night, nighttime test, sit in a room, darken the room, um, then lie down. And what you do is lie down edge of a bed, couch, whatever you're lying on, um, and have your arm off the side. And in your hands, you hold a metal spoon. And on the floor, you need to have something metal, so a tray or, you know, something large enough that it will clunk on. So, you've got to have some sort of trigger. And you need to lie down and have a look at your watch, close your eyes, and then see how long it takes for you to nod off, you know. And if you fall asleep within five minutes, you know, the clunk happens and you look at your watch and go, oh, gosh, that's three minutes, then they consider you severely sleep-deprived. If it takes around 10 minutes, then you are getting – somewhat enough sleep, but you're still considering you're sleep deprived in some way. But um, if you're awake for 15 minutes or more, they're considered probably getting enough restful sleep and it's not such a concern. So yeah, I totally failed it. <laughs> I think I was and about three and a half minutes in. I, I've done it before. I, I, I've been reading stories to Oliver at lunchtime before I put him to bed and we both fall asleep in the chair and I'm like, oh my God, I'm so exhausted. <laughs> I need to go to work now. Oh. <laughs> oh yeah. That would be hard to rally for work after yeah, falling asleep yeah. lunchtime like yeah. that. And these are the women who are asleep before their head hits the pillow as well. And often mm. they think that that's a good trait. They think that, no, I'm a really good sleeper. I'm asleep straight away. Um, but also this is just an absolute sign of just that full HPA axis dysfunction, you're completely exhausted to the point where as soon as you slow down, your body's like, okay, shut down mode. These are also the people that go on holidays and a few days in, as soon as you start to relax, then you get sick. You know, it's just, yeah, it's immune the classic, mm-hmm. yeah, referring. It's just that classic symptomatology of that. And, you know, this episode is not about sleep, but I think that some of the, Uh, very classic timeless health principles that aren't necessarily really sexy or trendy that help to address these uh, issues of, I guess, our modern lifestyle. And the first one is absolutely always sleep, sleep quality. Are you getting enough? Are you prioritizing it? You know, think about what our, what we used to do in hunter-gatherer days when we would go down, when the sun would go down, we'd get up when the sun comes up, we would have full, like dark, um, you know, proper night sleep hygiene for lack of a better term. We didn't have social media and, um, you know, screens and lights and all sorts of things. So it was, you know, sleep was absolutely prioritized and there was rituals and everything else. So I think that that's certainly something that that is always the very first thing when anyone comes in with fatigue that we've got to make sure is actually happening properly. 
Yeah, perfect. And then after that, I generally tend towards uh, diet. How about you, Andrew? Do you sort of then start asking dietary questions? My, these are my top three, right? So yeah. these are in terms of solutions. My first thing is sleep, nutrition, nervous system function. Oh, there so we go. We Same page. Absolutely. We it's have totally... an ESP there. Yeah. Um, yeah. So obviously, you know, if someone's diet is off track, it's definitely going to be affecting their energy levels because the energy that our body has, the little cellular energy that our little mitochondria feed on as well, comes from what we're putting in our mouth. That's what it's supposed to be there for, right? That's why, you know, just we're trying to create balance with our macronutrients and everything to feed your body what it needs. So there's certain deficiencies. There's um, food intolerance as well, um, too much or too little, or also like not eating often enough or eating too often or can be affecting that whole metabolic profile that can be affecting how your body's actually converting and using that for energy. Um, Ash, what do you find are the biggest things with food that affect or drain someone's system? I generally find that overeating, so too much, um, too much too often. Yeah. So just really consuming high levels of calories because quite simply in order to process that, that volume of food or calorie, your body needs to draw energy into the gut and that's taking away from the external, you know, your general energy function. Um, so, you know, too much too often doesn't give time for the gut to do its work, takes too much reserve to go and process all that food. So you, even though energy food's supposed to give you energy, ironically, eating too much too often is going to draw energy away from you. So um, that's one of the things I say, how much snacking and, you know, how many meals a day, just to try and make sure that there's obviously good balanced nutrients supplied throughout the day, not too many, you know, high levels of carbohydrates and, you know, heavy fats. Um, I'm also big on asking, you know, things like sugars, um, and caffeine, because obviously if you're running on sugar, you keep getting these massive insulin responses, which are going to make you fatigued. You know, we think that sugar picks us up, but it picks us up, but it dumps us down. So, you know, it's quite quick to feel flat and fatigued and like need your net fix. You know, you kind of need that next sugar rush. Yeah. Um, so for me, it's a big one is to cut down on sugar, cut back on caffeine, um, limit the uh, processed carbohydrates. And so just get back yeah. to um, well digestible foods such as fruits and vegetables, um, moderate levels of lean protein, just, you know, like when I say common sense stuff mm. when it comes to nutrition, we talk about this so often. Um, those, those recommendations don't change. It doesn't matter what fad diets around the corner or whether it's just happened or another one's coming. We really don't deviate much from this, this concept. Well, there's a Netflix special on it. Yeah, exactly. And you know, you'll hear us say it time and time again. And if you have listened to us long enough, you think, oh, they drum on about the same thing all the time because it's bloody true, <laughs> you know, because it works, yeah. because it's a foundation nutritional principle and it really shouldn't be variable in accordance to the latest fashion yeah absolutely um so ladies if you feel like you've got your nutrition fairly well covered and you feel like okay you definitely don't have food sensitivities or allergies that could be part of that picture the most common ones i see in practice are gluten so wheat and gluten intolerances or allergies or celiac disease that's been undiagnosed um, lactose or casein issues so you know with dairy products or there can be a whole host of other things but definitely the sugar you know those sugar spikes that reactive drop off sometimes for some women that's that reactive hypoglycemia where they get hangry and shaky before they eat and everything you know that's a hugely stressful process for the body um, and even though coffee definitely gives us that like that pep and you know most of us are so addicted and we need it so desperately inappropriate use of that caffeine having it too early in the morning not using it like a drug not being able to ride that wave for the day and having too much of it definitely will make you a lot more tired 
And speaking um, of what you're drinking, yeah. hydration, right? How much, you know, water are you drinking? Because I tend to find that people who are chronically fatigued or feel tired all the time or low in energy are not drinking enough water. So, you know, a big uh, tip for me is always pick up you, your drink bottle, make sure it's filled up, often have something that's visible so you can see how much you're drinking to try and keep you accountable. Um, yeah, I'm big on water as well. I just realized that that's something that, you know, my clients kind of get a wrap if they're not walking in the room with a, a water bottle in hand. <laughs> And I I read a study once um, that is evading me at the moment, but it was showing that even a 1% drop in hydration dramatically affects um, the functionality of the nervous system. Yes. So surely this would affect fatigue as well. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely spot on. Yeah, mood, fogginess, you know, lack of clarity, poor thinking, poor food choices because often yeah. we mix our, you know, signals for um, water mm-hmm. needs. Our dehydration is mixed with our, you know, sense of hunger. So, again, you know, that uh, clouds our judgment. We choose the wrong thing. We eat food rather than drink water. Water. So, mm-hmm. um, and then of course, if you're not drinking enough water, it's a tendency to have a slow gut. So it ends up being, you know, constipation, which recirculates toxins, which also makes you fatigued and low in energy. And yeah, interesting, right? Vicious cycles when we don't look after our body and give it what it needs. Totally vicious cycle. Okay, so we've covered sleep, we've covered food and nutrition, just some basics there and some things to look out for. Um, I think the next one is, you know, just as it always is, would be exercise on top of that. Um, I actually find more often than not that women are doing too much when it comes to exercise when they're really um, exhausted. So I think that they're just smashing their bodies too much and then that their metabolic reserve that they have is so much lower. So essentially their tolerance that they have for exerting energy is just, you know, not what it should be, um, which is why they really need to slow down. Um, There is research that shows that even women with um, moderate levels of HPA dysfunction, which is, you know, what we used to call adrenal fatigue, even moderate levels of that can still tolerate exercise exercise daily, but it has to be within a threshold that isn't going to just deplete your system all over again. I think we do surround ourselves with high performance uh, women, though, to be honest, because, you know, when you think about it globally, um, plus specifically Australia, it's not our overactivity that tends to be a problem in Australia. It's actually a sedentary lifestyle. You know, it's the lack of activity. It's sitting on our backsides. And the reason I say this is even though women will go and thrash themselves at the gym, an hour of gym does not make up for the fact that you lie in bed for seven to eight hours. Let's just say you're getting the right amount of sleep. Then you go into the kitchen downstairs, for example, or sit down, have some breakfast if you're lucky, or if you pick up your smoothie on the run, sit in your car, go to work, sit on transport, go to work. Maybe you walk a little way to get into the office, then you sit down mm-hmm. on your backside for the rest of the day, seven to eight hours, possibly longer. Um, then you get up, maybe you get to walk to transport again, go in that vehicle for 30 minutes, 40 minutes, however long, back home, sit down, you know, on the couch to eat dinner, sit at the dining table to eat dinner. So sit, 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 sit. Um, and then maybe somewhere in the middle there, you've gone to the gym, flogged yourself for an hour. And that does not make up for the entire days of, of sedentary sitting function. It just doesn't do it. It's not, we yeah. don't kind of have a bank. We can't bank up that activity to make up for the 14 hours of inactivity. So I tend to say to women, incidental movement is far better than flogging yourself at the gym because, yeah. you know, exactly what you're saying, we're often so fatigued anyway that that, that extra exertion um, is really not serving our health. It's actually stressing us out further. And instead of giving us energy, it's taking it away. 
Um, so if you're not feeling energized after activity, if you're not feeling energized after the gym, then that could be a sign that really your metabolic reserve is not good enough to handle that intensive exercise. And like you said, Andrea, you need to slow it down, dial it down. On the flip side, if you're getting energy from exercise, good, boost it up, ramp mm-hmm. it up, because probably you need more activity in the day um, to combat the sedentary nature of your life in general. So um, yeah, there's there's really two extremes there, isn't there? And this is one thing that, oh, and we're just about to start another 28-day hormone reset. So on the 1st of Feb, that starts on the Saturday. And uh, in one of the weeks, we were really, really focused on, you know, starting to layer in exercise and um, helping women to figure out what is appropriate for them in terms of their metabolic reserve that's not going to have a negative impact on their hormonal balance. It's only going to be promoting that. Uh, That's a little plug for the 28-day reset. So ladies, if you do want to join us... (laughs) And we'll put links in this episode description. Otherwise, just go to thewellnesswomen.com.au forward slash reset 28. Um, and all proceeds are being donated to the Bushfire Appeal, just so you know. But anyway, um, back to what we were talking about. Um, yeah, Ash, I, I think that you're probably right. Maybe just the type of um, patients that we do attract uh, probably have um, done a lot of other things first and they probably are pushing themselves a little bit too much. Uh and I think that just some of my so the the things that are usually overlooked when it comes to energy levels, when it comes to fatigue, if you present to your normal general practitioner um, or you know someone and complain of fatigue because it is a very vague symptom and because it does uh, you know go with so many different um, you know health challenges, it can be very tricky to get to the root cause of it. Um, I like to be quite investigative about it to make sure that you are you know, really figuring out what's going on. Um, so making sure that you're looking at things like iron levels because, you know, obviously an iron deficiency is dramatically going to affect energy levels. Um, B12 is also really important for your energy. So ladies, make sure that you're having that checked. Um, thyroid function as well. So um, in clinical and subclinical hypothyroidism, um, energy levels will be a big issue. So making sure that you're having some really thorough um, thyroid investigations if need be, um, checking cortisol. Um, is there any evidence of impaired methylation? So looking at homocysteine levels and MTHFR if need be, and there's a few other sort of factors there. And then just making sure that there's not unresolved things going on that need to be addressed. So is there unresolved gut dysfunction that's going to be affecting, obviously, absorption of nutrients and minerals and everything else? Um, are there any any unresolved infections as well? Um, any parasites in particular? Are there any other sort of environmental biotoxins and, you know, other sort of inflammatory environmental issues that are constantly having that barrage on the system that means that it's just not functioning as well as what it should be? Um, so those are kind of the in terms of biochemistry, what I would normally be looking at. Um, Ash, what else What else do you consider when it comes to just women with their energy levels and fatigue and those sorts of things? Uh, you've nailed all the big ones there. I mean, obviously running some blood works is always a great way of understanding if there's any underlying mm-hmm. reasons, you know, beyond the obvious. But um, for me, stress levels as well. You know, the oh, yeah, massive. We, as soon as we deal with re- reduction of stress, it's amazing how many people say they have more energy. You know, they're feeling better, their their concentration's better, their attention's better, their mood, emotions better. And it's like, wow, you know, it just shows you how um, how harmful stress is. You know, chronic stress, that constant. Um, I guess ongoing stress response. If we're wired 
and tired, it really basically means our body feels as though we're running from tigers all the time. You know, that very primitive reflex that it's like there's always an alarm bell going. Um, it's that sensation when, you know, you hear a siren like, oh, am I doing something? You look down at the dash to see if you're speeding because, you know, really what you're doing all the time is you're just so on edge. You're so, you know, waiting for stuff to happen. And, um, you know, the more you work on stress management, um, ideally what you'll start to see is some of those symptoms and those feelings of um, fatigue just dissipate and that energy returns. So for me, you know, the big one is to say, are there any you know, sources of stress in your life, you know, financial, family, um, relationship, anything that you can identify right now? Oh, if it's all no, 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 dig a little deeper because, you know, you just really got to think mm-hmm. about what those sources are. And if then someone can identify it, then awesome. We sort of have a strategy and you can start to, you know, suggest things like, you know, learning to say no, you know, unloading your plate a little bit, um, delegating, sharing the load with others, um, avoiding toxic environments and people, you know, if stuff's causing you stress, then, you know, sometimes it's the most important thing you do is, um, cut off ties or, or avoid those, those things. And for mm-hmm. other things, it's actually getting stuff done. You know, if you're stressed, yeah, get your checklist sorted. Um, I've, we've always talked about, we love it, you know, eat, eat your toad first, you know, cause I know Andrea just loves frogs. So <laughs> yeah, like, oh, that concept always makes me so uncomfortable, but you're right because it's like, all right, what is taking up bandwidth yes. in your brain, right? Like, yeah. what do you keep coming back to that? You know, you just should do and it's taking up space and you yeah, just get it done. Like yeah. I'm seriously the queen of procrastination, but I'm trying to work on that because you know, like the things that are taking up bandwidth for me now are taking up more and more bandwidth. So how much energy am I expending avoiding that when I could just tick that box? (laughs) Yes, absolutely. And I think for me as well, just for everybody, keeping this in perspective, you know, somewhere in the past, our our families, our our forefathers, grandparents, they had to do a lot of things and they were often in stressful environments. And, you know, when I say, they survived whether they thrived or not was you know completely debatable because uh, sometimes they didn't have options but we really do have a myriad of options today which we need to be really grateful for there are just so many ways in which we can thrive with opportunities and you know often incomes and resources that were never available to others in the past which you know comes a double-edged sword i you know respect that but at the same time i'm a big believer in um being grateful and anytime you are feeling mm. like you're lacking, you know, let's just say you're lacking in energy, really sometimes that really means you're you're lacking in gratitude. You know, sometimes you're actually just lacking in, in giving a lot more thanks, a lot more gratitude. Um, and for me, I sort of tend to find that when I'm really flat chat, I'm just fixating and focusing on the stuff that's not working. And that makes you feel tired. You know, you feel less and less energy when you're fixating and focusing on all the stuff in your life that's not going right. <laughs> so, yeah, um, yeah. You know, switching, yeah. switching the headspace over is a big one for me. Reducing stress and, and getting your head game right um, is such a big player in increasing energy. It's amazing. You know, I don't know if you've ever done a sound healing. Like I went to a sound healing once and because I was just seriously feeling totally wigged out and drained. I couldn't believe it. I was. I walked out going, "Oh my gosh, I'm completely buzzing." The vibrations of these bowls and everything. I was just like, "Wow, oh, how so amazing!" I mean, how about that? Maybe there's vibrational, you know, stuff that could be done. Maybe yeah. we go to a, a drum circle or you know, a crystal healing session or something, yeah. anything, because uh, it's phenomenal how vibrations and energies and frequencies of other things in life could actually lift your own own energy space. So, just a thought, just for anyone who's willing to try ah. different things. 
What a great idea. I love that idea of a drum circle. Um, yeah. And even just, you know, like dancing around, yep. you know, in the kitchen to your favorite tunes and just anything that's going to be energy building for you, ladies. Um, some of my really quick go-tos are just, you know, that controlled breathing. Um, I, I do feel like it's why, you know, yoga, some sort of yoga flow, like um, whether it's Oh, my words are evading me right now. Um, just, you know, some sort of flow sequence um, of just, you know, normal yoga. Because of the controlled breathing and the focused breathing on that, it's so, so good. Um, there's also a kundalini yoga technique called the breath of fire, um, where essentially you're breathing in and out through your nose. And it's this like quite fast diaphragmatic breathing where you're almost like panting like a dog, but it's all through the nostrils um, with your, your palms up, um, up at about 60 degrees. And it's if you can do it for long enough, and it's hard to start with, but it's almost like you are just shunting all of this oxygen to your brain and you feel like you've had a little espresso like afterwards. It just is such an amazing way just to boost your energy in the moment. And if I'm ever about to see patients and I do feel tired, we will do like as a team, my whole team will do a little quick breath of fire. We look pretty funny standing outside my practice in the backyard doing that before we you know, go in and see people, but I don't ever want to not show up in the way that they deserve. Well, I think um, if nothing so, else, I'd get the giggles. That would raise my energy. So yeah, <laughs> I'm like it's sniffing and snorting through my nose would get me – I would stop. Oh, yeah, I'd get giggling. I just know my, my – <laughs> I'd find it troubled to stay serious with something like that. <laughs> um, maybe I haven't given it the best uh, description, but it really, really does work. Okay, um, so I'll, I'll look it up. I'll see what, see what you're talking about. <laughs> I can't tell you I've actually ever tried it, so uh, there's something new for me to try. If we were on video right now, if it wasn't just like audio for our listeners, I would totally give you a little demo, but they're not going to see it, so it's not. It's just going to sound really fun. It's just going to sound like I'm panting like a dog. Um, but in saying that, and this is like the worst segue ever into my next thing, um, one thing that we never think about when it comes to boosting our energy levels, and that is actually sex, pleasure, and orgasm. Um, and I think because what's one of the first things that we sacrifice when we're tired and, you know, it's surely it's our libido and it's our, it's those sorts of things. But don't forget that um, that is our, you know, that sexual energy is that life force. It's that chi. It's, you know, um, that's why in Taoist uh, principles, the men um, withhold ejaculation as well because it's, you know, it's that chi, it's that life force. So that's how that they constantly recycle their energy and keep themselves really buzzing. Um, or really frustrated. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but there's, you know, I think it's that discipline that they have that, yeah, um, yeah. you know, it, it becomes this like huge vibration of energy that they have in, within themselves that sometimes they literally have to go and meditate off. Like if you listen to, you know, some of the Taoist guys talk about it, it's just amazing. Um, so I think that that's also maybe something that we really overlook that I think could be um, a good little quick fix, you know. Um <laughs> It may, it may not. That came out wrong. You know what I mean. I don't, I don't necessarily mean a quickie, but, um, you know, just enhancing or capitalizing on that resource of energy that your body has, I think is a really good idea. I think we'll okay, leave it right the there. Yeah, I think we'll leave it right there because uh, if you're not giggling right now listening then, uh, you know, nothing's going to make you laugh. So, that, <laughs> so at least that'll raise your vibrations for today. Um, look, I, I think we've covered a lot of great things in this, uh, this episode, ladies. So if there's anything else that you think, you know, underlies your 
concerns about your lack of energy or, you know, your feelings of fatigue. Obviously, as we always say, you know, this is this is all here for guidance and advice, but don't take it as gospel. Please make sure you get appropriate checks, see uh, the right professionals to get further guidance because there are a lot of reasons underpinning fatigue and we don't want you to miss anything more serious, um, you know, that may or may not be solved through diet and lifestyle changes alone. So um, just be sure to, to do all the right appropriate testing and uh, make sure that you find out, you know, if there's any underlying cause for it. And look, if there's nothing, you know, outstanding showing up, then really it sounds like you need to get on board with the advice we've given you today and start to implement some of those suggestions. Well, I'm going to have a quickie. No, I'm just kidding. Um, my fave, my fave nutrients as well. Just before we check out, I'm going to start um, calling you Kim Morrison if you keep uh, throwing oh, in. Oh my god! I know. I knew that was coming. That's hilarious. Um, my fave nutrients are um, or supplementation. Just really enhance um, and get the most out of your nutrition and your energy levels. Is your coenzyme, so your CoQ10. It's also amazing for fertility as well. So that's one of the reasons I love that. Obviously, your B vitamins, um, iron. If you're deficient in that. Things like ginseng, alpha-lipoic acid, green tea, um, I'm not going to pronounce this properly, but yerba mate tea as well is caffeine-free but really great for your system. Um, so if you've got your bases covered in terms of excellent sleep, good sleep hygiene, really good nutrition, your nervous system's functioning really well, then some of those things may be, may be useful. Okay. All right. Um, so on that note, ladies, I'm going to go and have an early night uh, because obviously I need it and I'll probably be asleep in 10 seconds flat. Uh, but we hope that you have enjoyed this episode of Wellness Women Radio. Don't forget that you can still join us on the February 1st 28-Day Hormone Reset um, Program. If you're looking for a way to really get your hormones under control, um, have good lifelong principles that you can use for um, you know, making sure that you're got good energy levels and everything else um that is absolutely what we're going to cover so we will post that link again below um, and we'd love you to join us on that and remember that all proceeds are donated to the bushfire appeal um so ladies you've been listening to wellness women radio we are the wellness women dr ashley bond and dr andrew huddleston until next week be well this has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.